my dear listeners, and welcome to Counter Melody. It is I, your host, Daniel Gundlach. And as always, I'm committed to bringing you the voices of beloved singers, often focusing on unexpected facets of their artistry. You will also be hearing less celebrated but equally treasurable artists who deserve our attention and respect. I'm honored to have you join me on this ongoing mutual journey of discovery. And now, without any further ado, let's get down to today's business. Great singers and great singing. Hi, friends. I'm bringing you one last episode for the time being in memory of all the singers and musicians that we have lost in the recent past. The term in memoriam is an interesting one, isn't it? And I realized in putting this list together today that so many of these pieces are about memory in one way or another. The first piece, Lost in the Stars, is about a primal memory of how God created the world and then perhaps forgot about it. We're going to hear Arthur Woodley singing the title song. Arthur Woodley was an African-American bass baritone who died on the 20th of November at the age of 71 after a struggle with cancer. He remained active until the very end of his life, however, and in fact had recently made his Metropolitan Opera debut in Porgy and Bess. In this 1993 recording of the complete original score, Julius Rudel leads the Orchestra of St. Luke's and the Concert Chorale of New York. Oh, 
guarantee that some of these singers you will have never heard of. I know that was true for me, but now that I know a little bit more about them, I'm very excited to present them to you. Next up is the German soprano Adele Stolte, who was known primarily as a concert singer and especially for her Bach and Handel. She died last September 26th at the age of 87. I have remarked before on the podcast that sometimes when the questions surrounding life become insurmountable, that it often makes the most sense to turn to Bach, even if one is not, as the Germans would say, a Gläubiger, a believer. I was lucky to find what I believe is a radio performance of Bach Cantata 51, Jauchzet Gott. Today's episode will be framed by portions of that middle movement, Höchste, Mache deine Güte. Most exalted one, renew your goodness to us every single morning. When you think about it, making such a request necessitates being held in God's memory. You will hear that the voice is very modest. It doesn't have a lot of color. It's certainly not a big voice. But her musical imagination and her technical control are seemingly endless. She has such a profound understanding of how to phrase Bach. I would venture to say that I've never heard these passages sung with more musicality. shall hear Frau Stolte again with the conclusion of this aria at the conclusion of this episode. For now, let's turn to the beloved musical polymath, the French pianist, harpsichordist, répétiteur, and French diction expert, Janine Reis. Janine Reis died just over a year ago on the 2nd of June, 2020. In looking through her recordings, I found a delicious song recital that she recorded with the baritone Aimé Doniat in 1963. Conjuring a different kind of memory right now, I must say, anyone who studied a little bit of voice certainly was familiar with that G. Shermer collection of 24 songs and arias, which contained many chestnuts. This is a performance of one of the most famous of those, but with a twist. Remember how when people would sing the Bononcini song Per la Gloria d'Adorarvi, that it often had an almost military
militant aspect to the way that it was presented. Not so here. What Doniat and Janine Reis do here is something completely different. First of all, they do it in French. Fraîche dans l'aube et dans la grâce, which completely changes the meaning of the song, and they give a much more intimate and exquisitely phrased performance. Ma ferveur, rire des dindes froideur, non, non, très cher et belle, rien ne peut sur ma ferveur, rire des dindes froideur, non, non, très cher et belle. This is not an episode on voiceless wonders. I do have one more voiceless singer. Well, I have more than one, but right now I'm going to offer you one further voiceless singer, and that is the French soprano Edith Zelich. She again was active in the early 1960s. She died on the 30th of October last year at the age of 91. She recorded quite a bit for Erato with Jean-François Payard, also some Bach cantatas with the old-school Bach conductor Fritz Werner. What we're going to hear from her today, accompanied by Jean-François Payard's chamber orchestra, is an all-too-brief excerpt from André Compras, Le Carnaval de Venise. It's an aria called Vittoria Mio Core. It's not the same one that one knows from the 24 Italian arias, but but it's very beautiful. Oh, 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 oh,
more than a few mammoth-voiced singers we're going to hear today, and John McCurdy was one of them, the American bass, who also died a little over a year ago on the 7th of May 2020 at the age of 91. He sang 1,001 performances at the Met. He was the commendatore of choice. He also sang roles like König Heinrich in Lohengrin, Hunding in Valkyrie, and Rocco in Fidelio. Here in a live performance from January 1971, I offer you a portion of his performance of Rocco's aria Hatman Nicht auch Gold bei Neben. Something that I have observed over and over over the course of my career as a musician and singer is that fame is a very localized thing. This also has a great deal to do, of course, with memory, collective memory, if you will. Often artists can be very celebrated in their country of origin and not really known outside of their home country, or to put it more prosaically, their base of operations. This next singer is an example of that. His name was Vaklovas Daunoras, and he was a Lithuanian bass. As with all of the basses that we're hearing on the program today, and there are more than a few of them, he had an extraordinarily beautiful voice. I'm going to offer you an excerpt from his 1969 recording of a sentimental song by the composer Stasis Shimkus with words by Pranas Vaichaitas. It's called, I can't even attempt it, but it means, I miss you, my dear little hut. This is a folk-like tune that is very well known to all Lithuanians, and precisely because of its nostalgic content, packs an enormous emotional punch. Oh, <laughs> 
This next is a singer who was born in Scotland, married a Dutch Heldon tenor, trained to become a Wagnerian soprano, lived with her husband in Switzerland until his premature death, then returned to his country of origin, where she became an enormously famous television and radio presenter. This is the mezzo-soprano Carolina Kart. In the 60s, she had a television program called Enlitie mit Caroline, and she released a 10-inch LP that was a complement to that TV show. From that recording, I'm going to present you her performance of Loch Lomond which is, of course, another song of memory and nostalgia. I very much like her voice and her performance of this song, which I find both stirring and deeply moving. By young bonny banks and by young bonny braes, where the sun shines bright on Loch Lomond, when me and my true Oh, you'll take the high road, then I'll take the low road, and I'll be in Scotland before you. But me and my true love will never meet again. On the bonny, bonny. Steep, steep side of Enlomond, where in Papa you the hill and hills we view, and the moon coming out in the gloaming. Oh, you'll take the high road, then I'll take the low road, and I'll be in Scotland now going to offer you two Polish basses back-to-back. The first, Bernard Wadish, died the day after his 98th birthday on the 25th of July 2020. I knew him from his performances of the work of Krzysztof Penderecki, but in his native Poland, he was celebrated as a hero of the people. For one thing, he was the only Polish opera singer to have sung opposite Maria Callas. He is the Raimondo in her second EMI recording of Lucia di Lammermoor from 1959. At that point, he would have been at the very beginning of his career. I'm going to offer you an aria from Stanislav Moniuszko's opera Straszny Dvor, which is usually translated The Haunted Manor. In this aria... Tenzegar Stari, this old clock, the caretaker of the manor, tells a grisly, gruesome story in a casual, offhanded way in an attempt to freak out the tenor hero. In this 1961 recording, we hear Yerzi Semkov conducting the Warsaw Opera Orchestra. <laughs> 
Another younger Polish bass with an impossibly beautiful voice named Leonard Mroz, M-R-O-Z, died on the 13th of December last year at the age of 73. He had occasional exposure in the West, if you will. For instance, he appears on the Marti Talvila recording of Boris Godunov. But again, in his native Poland, he was very celebrated. And I'm going to offer you not something Polish, but instead his exquisite performance of the Rachmaninoff song, O Do Not Sing to Me Again, or Nepoj Krasavica, which is set to a text by Alexander Pushkin. His wonderful pianist in this 1981 recording is Jerzy Maczwinski. Again, memory is the primary driver of this song, in which the poet begs this beautiful young girl to stop singing the songs of his homeland because he is so far away from there and it causes him so much pain to hear them again. Thank you. 
this next bass also has a very beautiful voice, as well as an unbelievably tragic story. The Azerbaijani bass, Eldar Aliyev, died on the 4th of August last year at the age of 49. His international career began with a big bang in the year 2000 when he won an important voice competition. But his singing career had begun several years before that, in 1994. Immediately he found himself being courted by conductors such as Ricardo Chailly and houses such as La Scala Milano. But something went seriously wrong, and for the past 15 years of his life, he lived as an unhoused person on the streets of the Precotto neighborhood in Milano. Like me, he was diabetic and had many serious health issues, which, of course, when one is unhoused, can become nearly unmanageable. And that is eventually what happened to this poor soul. He was known for his extreme generosity and his modesty, and for the fact that he would never accept a contribution from anyone larger than a two-euro coin. From the great opera houses of the world to not having his own house. This simply breaks my heart. From happier days, I'm going to offer you a portion of his performance of In Diesen Heiligen Hallen from Zauberflöte. This was his first professional appearance in 1994 at the Teatro Comunale di Treviso, and the distinguished conductor Peter Mark leads the orchestra. You can hear the humanity of Elder Aliyev, even at this very young age, which comes through loud and clear.
On the 23rd of May, the Spanish composer Cristobal Halfter died at the age of 91. He came from a distinguished musical lineage and was himself an extraordinary composer and conductor. We're going to hear him in both of those roles in the next piece. In 1968, he was commissioned to write a work for the 20th anniversary of the drafting of the UN Charter for Human Rights. The text for this piece was written by the American poet Norman Corwin, and the piece itself is called Yes, Speak Out, Yes. We're going to hear a very brief excerpt from this half-hour-long piece. This is a live performance from Madrid on the 21st of January, 1985. We shall hear the Orquestra Sinfonica de Madrid and the Coro Nacional de España. The two soloists are the American coloratura Catherine Geyer, who often fearlessly took on the most challenging avant-garde repertoire. We also hear the British bass Michael Rippon. Another contemporary work, which in this case has generated an enormous amount of controversy, but which I think is an absolute masterpiece, is The Death of Klinghoffer by composer John Adams and librettist Alice Goodman. It seems that certain members of the opera-going public do not appreciate the reminder 
that terrorists are also human beings, even though they are committing inhuman acts. You may fill in the blanks as you wish, vis-a-vis that statement. The work received its premiere in Brussels at the Théâtre de la Monnaie in March 1991. Among the cast members was the distinguished American bass baritone Thomas Hammonds, who died prematurely last November 10th at the age of 68. He was one of those people who could and did sing an enormous range of repertoire. Perhaps his most famous assumption was as the first officer in the world premiere and many subsequent performances of The Death of Klinghoffer. In the brief excerpt that we're going to hear, the first officer relates the horrors of the attack on the Achille Loro by a group of terrorists. We briefly hear him in duet with the captain, portrayed by James Maddalena. Kent Nagano was the conductor. Atzesberger died on the 10th of August last year when he was struck by a heart attack on holiday. If you're like me, you think, I don't know who this person was, but as I did a little more research, I realized that he, among other things, recorded Monostatos with Claudio Abbado. 
He also worked with Nicolas Honocourt and also with Kent Nagano. He was a distinguished interpreter of the evangelist in the Bach Passions and also made a significant contribution in contemporary repertoire. We're going to hear him in a short excerpt from a fascinating work called Ich Hiob, I, Job, by the composer Thomas Daniel Schley, set to words by Christian Martin Fuchs. The creators refer to this work as a sacred opera, but it's structured more like a song cycle with two singers, a soprano and a tenor, singing 23 discrete songs accompanied by a small chamber ensemble. In this song called Die Frage, the question, Job demands answers from God for why he has been visited with such misfortune. Kurt Atzesberger is accompanied in this song solely by David Ottmar playing the trumpet. Was wirfst du mir vor? Was ist es, dass du so grausam bist? Sprich als Erster, ich will Rede stehen, oder ich frage dich und du gibst Antwort. Wie viele Sünden habe ich begangen? Weshalb siehst du mich nicht mehr freundlich an? Was bin ich denn? Ein abgefallenes Blatt, ein dürrer Strohhalm, fortgeweht vom Wind. Verachtest du, was du geschaffen Mit deinen Händen hast du mich geschaffen und nun verschlingst du mich mit Haut und Haar. Vergiss es nicht, vergiss es nicht, Du fandest mich wie Ton. Willst du mich jetzt in Staub zurückverwandeln? Ende. 
an equally versatile singer who had a very distinguished career and yet who operated very much under the radar of most people was the baritone Claudio Nicolai. This was a stage name. His actual name was Klaus Hennecke, and he was, in fact, born in Kiel. He died last year on the 11th of May at the age of 91. Over the course of his career, he sang everything from operetta to Mozart to the thorniest modern music. He sang for 25 years in the ensemble of the Cologne Opera. We are going to hear him in a so-called vocal symphony that was arranged by the composer Bernd Zimmermann from his opera Die Soldaten. Zimmermann had been told that his work was simply unperformable, and he created this symphony of excerpts to prove that the work could actually be performed. The opera has not actually entered a standard repertoire, and yet it is done not infrequently. I've actually seen three productions of the work, and I can testify to its enormous power. It's based on the play by Friedrich Lenz, and it serves to expose the total inhumanity not just of war, but of the perpetuators of war, the officers who wreak havoc and destruction both on a global and a personal level. Unlike in the full opera, Claudio Nicolai's character Stolzius has the final word in this vocal symphony. This was a live performance at the Royal Albert Hall in 1978. The conductor Hiroshi Wakasugi led the Rundfunk Sinfonie Orchestra Köln, and we briefly hear the voice of the mezzo soprano Barbara Scherler as Stolzius's mother. Lass mich, Mutter! 
Claudio Nicolai is the only singer that we're going to hear in two different pieces today. In 1962, he took part in the world premiere of Robert Stolz's operetta Trauminsel. This was a creation for the Bregenz Festival, which maybe some of you remember has a floating stage. And so when you have a piece called Trauminsel, the island of dreams, and it takes place on a floating stage. Yeah, you get the idea. Anyway, I'm going to offer just a brief excerpt from his song, Ich hab mich tausendmal verliebt. And at the very end, he is joined by the Czech soprano, Hedi Klug, who sang both opera and operetta in Germany during this period. Ich hab mich tausendmal verliebt, immer in eine Denn so bezaubert schön beim Tanz oder beim Wein, im Licht der Sonne, wie im Mondenschein, kann eine andere nie sein. Ich war schon tausendmal betrübt, immer um eine, wenn sie ein anderer führt zum Tanz oder zum Wein, doch lebt sie ein. Ihre Hand in meine will ich ihr tausendmal verzeihen. Ja, es singt so manches Lied, wie der Flieder jedes Jahr neuer Blüht für neue Liebesleut. Aber meine Liebe blüht immer wieder wunderbar für dieselbe gestern so wie heute. Since we've just heard a little operetta, I'm going to offer you a tiny bit of the Spanish equivalent, Zarzuela. We're going to hear the Spanish mezzo-soprano Inés Rivadineira, who died on the 3rd of August 2020, again at the age of 91. I first encountered her name on the second recording by Victoria de Los Angeles of the Manuel de Falla opera La Vida Breve. In 1960, in the middle of her career, Rivadeneira moved to Vienna, where she studied lead and oratorio with Eric Verba. She performed a wide range of repertoire, but is probably best known today for her recordings and performances of Zarzuelas. After her retirement from the stage, she became a distinguished voice teacher in Madrid. Speaking of Madrid, this song that she is going to sing for us is from the Zarzuela called El Ultimo Romantico, The Last Romantic. The composers are Juan Vert and Reveriano Sotullo, and the libretto is by José Teleache. This is the aria with which the character Encarnacion introduces herself as a true Madriena. 
This recording is from 1956. <laughs> Eso ya lo sabía La madrileña de pies chiquititos Ojos de insultada Dientes de marfil Que siempre fue alegre y desenvuelta Sin saber de pena su vida es reír La madrileña Another distinguished mezzo-soprano died that very same month. This was the Dutch mezzo-soprano Cora Kannemeyer, who died on the 25th of August last year, just short of her 91st birthday. The first time I ever saw this name was on Ernst Hefliger's first recording of the Janacek Diary of One Who Disappeared. That was a recording from very early in her career, live at the Holland Festival in, I believe, 1954. But she had a distinguished career singing bel canto and Mozart roles in particular. Following her retirement, she became an important and distinguished teacher. I'm going to offer her to you today in repertoire that's a little different than what she is most associated with. This is an aria from a Tchaikovsky cantata composed in 1883 called Moscow, or the Coronation Cantata. In this live performance from the 9th of November 1968, the conductor Roberto Benzi leads the Netherlands Radio Orchestra. <laughs> Thank you. 
I have another mezzo for you, and in some really unusual and fabulous repertoire. This is the Norwegian mezzo Edith Talaug, who died almost exactly a year ago on the 7th of June 2020, just days short of her 91st birthday. She was a member of the permanent ensemble of the Royal Opera in Stockholm, where one of her most significant successes was in the title role of Carmen. She was also a distinguished recitalist, but apart from her work in music, she also was known as an actor and as a mystery writer. I'm going to play you an excerpt from the final scene of the opera. Oh dear, I don't know how to say this. Arnljot. I mean, you try it. It's spelled A-R-N-L-J-O-T. I don't know. Arnljot by Wilhelm Peterson Berger. The opera is based on an actual historical figure, an 11th century nobleman and Viking, named, you guessed it, Arnljot. The music bears more than a little resemblance to Wagner. And in this scene, we hear the characters of Arnljot and Gunhild. These two characters, formerly betrothed, are reunited shortly before he dies in battle. In this performance, we hear the tenor Erland Hagegord, who is the brother of the more world-famous baritone Håkon Hagegord. Okko Kamu leads the Stockholm Philharmonic Orchestra in this 1973 recording. I hear more than a hint of Tatiana Trojanos's timbre in the voice of Edith Talauk. What do you guys think? Hilens ut sitter kvar När den drages ut Svart noir, i vas ju fjäsvindande sjung. 
British singer Hugh Beresford died at the age of 94 on the 23rd of November in his adopted city of Vienna. His career took place primarily in German-speaking Europe, first at Linz, then in Graz, Augsburg, Wuppertal, and eventually Düsseldorf. He began his career as a baritone, but eventually made the transition to tenor. Probably his moment of greatest fame was when he sang Tannhäuser at Bayreuth opposite Gwyneth Jones. In this example that we're going to hear him in, a live concert in Munich in 1972, he sings the role of Siegmund, which is a perfect transitional part for someone who's straining towards held in tenordom. career fest in Dusseldorf, so did the British baritone Neil Howlett spend the majority of his career as the house baritone at ENO. He died on the 21st of May last year at the age of 85. 
He sang some of the heaviest repertoire, although, on the basis of this example, he could also scale down his sound to an insinuating near whisper. We're going to hear him in the role of Iago in a very famous recording of Otello in English. This uses Andrew Porter's English translation. It was recorded in London at ENO in January of 1983. Mark Elder leads the English National Opera Orchestra. for you another baritone who sang the biggest repertoire with enormous success, and yet do we even remember him today? This guy is the real thing. It's the Italian Silvano Caroli, who died at the age of 81 on the 4th of April last year. I'm not sure he made any studio recordings but thank goodness there's a great deal of live stuff that one can hear. I wish I could play you the complete performance of Nemico della Patria from the Arena di Verona in August 1986, but I'm just going to play you a short portion of it where you hear just how thrilling and vibrant this voice was. Oh, 
The distinguished Bulgarian soprano Galina Savova died on the 4th of January of this year at the age of 80. She's certainly known for her Turanto, her Choconda. She sang a great deal of the biggest repertoire. I'm going to offer you just the very end of this rip-roaring performance from the Budapest Opera of the duet from Cavalleria Rusticana, where she performs opposite the Romanian tenor Vasile Moldoveanu. This, my friends, is what this opera is supposed to sound like. textbook examples. Here's one of how to give a full-blooded performance, but of Mozart. How rarely do we hear Italians performing together in Mozart? It's a thing of wonder and joy, the way that they can use the language in a way that, let's face it, singers of other nationalities, whatever their virtues, don't. We are here celebrating the soprano Eugenia Ratti, who's famous for her recordings of Sonnambula opposite Maria Callas and Oscar in Ballo again opposite Callas. But she also recorded in 1960 the role of Zerlina in a high-profile yet very little-known recording of Don Giovanni, in which Erich Leinsdorf led the Vienna Philharmonic. But what a cast this was. Cesare Siepi is the Giovanni. Fernando Corena was the Leporello. Birgit Nielsen was the Don Anna. And Leontine Price was the Don Elvira. Here is just a portion of the La Cidarem duet. And you hear just what fun these two are having playing off of each other. <laughs> 
Eugenia Ratti died on the 14th of November at the age of 87. another Italian singer giving us an example of exactly how Italian opera should sound. This is the Florence-born soprano Yolanda Meneguzer. She died a year ago today at the age of 91. If anybody remembers this name at all, it is because she recorded Musetta opposite Renata Scotto in her first recording of La Boheme in the very early 60s, under the imprimatur of La Scala. She, like Scotto, has just that little bit of acid in her tone. This is true of so many of those Italian sopranos. I like the sound very much. Anyway, I'm not going to offer you the musetta today. Instead, I'm going to offer you Mimi's first aria from a recording of Bohème excerpts that was recorded with the Teatro Comunale in Florence in 1967. No famous singers here, but some pretty amazing singing from Signora Meneguzer. I hope that you enjoy this as much as I did.
Here's another delicious Italian soprano. Her name was Cecilia Fusco, and she died on the 26th of November last year at the age of 87. She has a more sheerly beautiful voice than Meneguzer, as you will hear. It might also be slightly less powerful, but man, did she know how to turn a phrase. I'm going to play you an excerpt from a live performance from Ghent of the aria Vorrei spiegarvi il giubilo from Rossini's La Cambiale di Matrimonio. I think you may be surprised at the last little coloratura lick which Rossini used later in Barber of Seville. Soprano Sophie Boulin died on the 1st of December of last year. She was another relatively modest-voiced singer who had an unending musical imagination, as you are about to hear. She sang a good deal of Baroque opera, and she sang it with legato, with line, with taste, and with beautiful ornaments. But I'm going to offer you something completely different something really from the other side of midnight. She prepared an edition in French of Schoenberg's Pierrot Lunaire. Remember that those poems by Ernest Guiraud originally were written in French, and then they were translated by Otto von Hartleben, and it was those translations that Schoenberg used for his setting of Pierrot Lunaire. I remember years ago when I performed Pierrot, I did them using an English translation, and it was one that I created myself, and so I studied those original texts in French and attempted to bring some of that 
quality, which is much more gruesome and nightmarish than the texts that Schoenberg set, which, God knows, are nightmarish enough. Here is Sophie Boulin in this extraordinary 1996 performance. I'm only going to play one song for you, much to my regret, and that is of Madonna, which is the sixth song of the first group. I must also mention that the conductor here, Paul Mifano, died on the 15th of September last year at the age of 83. today's episode with two art songs, both of which once again evoke memory in a very poignant way, and once again are performed by singers of limited vocal means, but unbounded artistic imagination. Perhaps it seems strange to follow that very theatrical performance with two art songs, and yet I think that Pierrot Lunaire is not only a theatrical experience, but also a very well-constructed song cycle. Yes, song, quote-unquote, in that cycle, has its own unique meaning In these last two examples today, you will hear art songs written in the 20th century, one from Finland, one from Switzerland, by two masters of the genre. The Finnish composer Seppo Nummi composed primarily vocal chamber music. He died prematurely in August 1981 at the age of only 49. In the last four years of his life, he revised and revised and revised the songs that he had written earlier in his life. He was particularly drawn to Chinese poetry and, in fact, composed several cycles 
which comprise his so-called Chinese songbook. We're going to hear the tenor Mati Piponen, who died on the 1st of January this year at the age of 89. He too was a sort of musical polymath. Outside of his native Finland, he was often known under the name Matti Juhani. Apart from his work as a character tenor, he was also known as a viola player and an important voice teacher. In this 1983 recording, P. Ponen is accompanied by the pianist Ralph Gotoni, whose 80th birthday we celebrated on Counter Melody a few weeks ago, alongside that of Jorma Hyrninen's 85th. The song that we are going to hear is called, in English, Deserted Place, a Finnish translation based on a poem by the Chinese poet Yap Pitva. Once again, this song evokes a distant memory, waves mist on the bridge around me, just a willow in the wind. An eternal story makes all things weep, in vain to walk, to ask any more. The Swiss composer Ottmar Schuck wrote an enormous amount of Lieder, which are primarily known only to Cognoscenti. Schuck set this series of songs called Elegie in 1922. Given their musical conservatism, it's rather shocking to realize that these were composed ten years after Schoenberg wrote Pierrot. Elegie consists of 24 songs for low voice and small chamber ensemble. The texts are by Eichendorf and Lenau. In this 1967 performance, we are hearing the Swiss baritone and visual artist. Arthur Lusli, who died on the 5th of January of this year at the age of 94. This song that I'm going to play you is the 22nd one of the cycle. It's called Velke Rose, Faded Rose. In this case, the text is by Nikolaus Lenau. Pressed between the pages of a book, I found a rose. I can no longer remember 
whose hand picked it. The breath of evening carries away memory, and soon I will no longer even be able to remember who it was that loved me. Thank you for joining me today on this journey through memory. It has been my privilege to evoke the spirits of these magnificent musicians who gave so much of themselves to improve the world around them. May I remind you that if you'd like to support my podcast on Patreon, I desperately need and gratefully accept your support. Please go to patreon.com slash countermelody where you can make a monthly pledge and gain access to all of the bonus episodes that I have thus posted. I was going to post another episode today, but I've really been wiped out by some challenging life situations this week, which I don't want to go into here, but I am going to need to summon all of my strength for the month's to come. As I said at the top of this episode, when there are no other answers, let's turn to Bach. Here once again is Adele Stolte.
difference, no matter how challenging it can sometimes seem. Let's all pull together and keep the song in our hearts. I'm Daniel Gundlach. <laughs>